good lord in heaven above. I don't think I've ever, ever doing anything like this ever before. Had a clock to count us day. That is just so exciting. Oh my god. So, okay. So where do we start? We start with first of all, welcome to the first and inaugural SEU podcast. I'm well, we are hoping that this becomes a thing and we hope that all of you lot out there just really, really enjoy this. So first off, we decided that what we'd actually do is we'd try and have a chat with the one and only Cressida, who actually came up with the idea for SEU in the first place. Cress, how, how, where did it come from? We were in 2019. Up until that point, I'd been eventing. What I used to do was get my horses from Ireland, bring them over, produce them train them compete them and sell them on (laughs) i say sell them on i was better at buying them than selling them but so that's what i did i lived in shropshire competed my horses evented them all and had a nice time doing that all of a sudden my everything took a turn for the worse uh my husband left out of the blue in 2018 i was determined to carry on the same so i tried to carry on eventing and failed (laughs) (laughs) I was me and my little mare had got to novice and we were looking to go intermediate at that stage but my mind just wasn't in it I just kept falling off I mean at the stupidest of things it was it was hopeless so when I got to intermediate I got to intermediate and then I had to level back down for a couple of shows and fell off in the novice show jumping I've done that many novices and she's a brilliant little show jumper. She's not scared of anything. She never runs out. And she and I came off in the novice show jumping. And I was like, "What the hell is going on here? Why? Why do I keep falling off? This is so annoying." And every time I went back to the yard, like my trainer would be like, "How did it go?" And I'd be like, "Fell off again." And he'd be like, "What are you doing?" I don't know. And it's just that horrible. Sometimes it just doesn't go to plan. It goes wrong. I was getting worse and worse and worse. I met up with a friend at Aston the Walls. I was doing the intermediate, who was doing the advanced. We used to have, used to keep up, well, I used to keep my horses on her yard in Shropshire. The stories that we have between us about about all our disasters and uh we used to just laugh you know it's just that gallows humor isn't it when you just when bad things happen you just have to laugh about it. And then I know on the page we don't allow injuries, but the time I broke my hand on my horse, she she, she was laughing for a week. She thought it was hilarious. I couldn't open the cat food. She she just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Sympathetic, sympathetic friends. Walked around with a broken hand for a week before I got (laughs) it. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, you know, Chris, as we well know, sympathy is absolutely hand goes hand in hand with owning horses. I mean, you've got to be totally and utterly sympathetic. I think the um the the, the sympathy one that that cracks me up is messing around in a racing yard. Lovely jockey, bit of a limp when we're walking around, sort of presenting all the horses in the morning, and um, every so 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 what what's up? And he went, oh, I broke my ankle yesterday. <laughs> So he broke his ankle and he's still strapped up enough underneath his racing boot and hard enough to be walking around, jumping on the horse and going off. Well, the sympathy was not actually for him. Obviously, there was no sympathy when another girl from the yard actually fell off 
broke her ankle and then has been off six for six weeks with a, in a cast, you know, and everybody's like, well, hang on a minute. The jockey completely and utterly didn't miss a, didn't miss a day. So she had, she had the, the, yeah, she was, she was mercilessly she was, taken yeah. to pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you're saying you, you, so you were getting absolute, you were getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yes, I was. And then, um, so I met up with, I'm, I'm going to say her name, Katie. I'm going to say it. Uh, we love Katie. Met up at Aston the Walls and she was telling me about her most recent disaster. And, uh, we were just laughing and, uh, I was like, we ought to make a group of this. It's so funny. And she's like, and I was like, oh, we could call it eventers unite be hilarious and she's like you can do it i'm not (laughs) all right then (laughs) okay i will so that's where it all started and um it was partly because i was posting a lot of horsey nonsense on my um facebook and i just thought my non-horsey friends must be getting really fed up of this (laughs) this stupid stuff i keep posting so it's kind of to that really to sort of save my non-horsey friends and from my nonsense and uh just started up as me and me and people that i know people you know friends and just somewhere to put all these stupid stories it just went nuts i remember going to my sister's it must have been this sort of time actually going to my sister's and going yeah that stupid group i set up she went, yeah eight thousand people on it and she went eight thousand people <laughs> yeah isn't it ridiculous eight thousand people thought that was a lot blimey so okay so that was 2019 yeah yeah because we when did we go and we went into lockdown in 2020 didn't we march 2020 and it was that end of 2019 when i think that first horse and hound i first spoke to horse and hound in the car park of the yard in my car spoke to eleanor and then after that it really really went mad and then lockdown happened so kind of the timing of it all with everyone being stuck in and fed up and needing some humor um, it was kind of a, it just kind of took and off. I, I mean, the the whole idea of it, uh, running a private Facebook page where you have got to see and approve every single post, mm. I mean, must have been unbelievably time time demanding. It was, but it kind of happened organically. So obviously, at first. I didn't uh, do approvals until it became necessary. You know, you get to a point where you get a lot of spam, you get a lot of tax sales, you get a lot of nonsense, you get a lot of memes repeated. So it gets to the point where you have to, if you want to keep it entertaining. And the whole thing was I want it to be, you know, just really funny, lighthearted. I don't want anyone having arguments with each other. I want it to be... You know, because it remember because it was started between friends. You don't want your friends arguing with each other. You know, friends from different um, friend groups, kind of thing. So, um, so that's why it was always very much like nobody's nobody's allowed to be shitty on here. Just just not here. This is where we. This is fun. This is lighthearted, and everyone's got to stick to that rule, or we'll kick you out. <laughs> well, I mean. It's it is so weird in some ways because I I'm, I must admit for me I I don't really do social media and and um 
the first time that I ever heard of SEU was sitting on a racehorse because I got really, really bored through COVID. I mean, I mean, really, really like tediously bored. And actually, probably, if I'm totally honest about it, it's the first and only time in my life I've actually been a little bit depressed. Really? And my eldest had been out uh, riding racehorses. And I was like, oh, I can ride a racehorse. I'm elderly, but I can still sit on a horse. So I went off riding racehorses. And it was the first time, because everybody there, everybody in the yard was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, have you seen this thing? Have you seen this thing? And then it was just like, oh, my Lord, this, to my mind, and that was the serious bit about it, was that actually this is the first time that I had actually seen anything on social media that I did actually want to be involved with because it was the only place that you could ever go where everything was positive. It's what it should be used for, definitely. Um, yeah, positive, positive place in yeah. you know in the positive space ever on Facebook, which yeah. was just absolutely you know. And I know we say that, and I'm sure there are hundreds of really, really good Facebook pages out there as well. But it just seemed to me that it really struck a chord with those of us that love our horses and love our lives and are prepared to laugh at ourselves. Mm and our horses and our you know and absolutely everything about it mm. that's you know that which is which was all that you could ever see on on SEU it was just about that sheer love of life and the laughter that everybody had for that yeah uh, it's a it's a brilliant brilliant thing at what stage did you start getting others to help you so quite early on I did I do remember a couple of friends saying um if you need help with it let me know kind of thing so in the start, it was, I mean, it's only ever been about four or five admins. I'm really, really careful with who I choose to help admin. Right. It was always close friends that I know well that I chose in those early days, helping to sift through comments mainly and kicking out anybody who looked like they were just being rude, uh, you know, and causing trouble. So, but yeah, it's always been a very small admin team. Because it's yeah. not the the bigger the group gets, the harder it gets to get that right as well. And then when we jumping ahead a little bit here to the Zook, but when that happened, it, it it Facebook's constantly changing as well. This is a trouble. It's really hard to keep up with their rules and their these community standards weren't there in the beginning when they started the group yeah. and they brought these community standards in and suddenly you're meant to know what you can say, what you can't say, what the algorithm picks up on, what it doesn't. And that keeps changing as well. So the admins then, you know, have to all know telepathically. You have to know that How nobody teaches you there. It's really, we all just learn as we went along really. But that's the main thing is, you know, keeping it, uh, positive and not letting anybody uh, get nasty with each other. That's one of the main things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that tells us a huge amount about the actual ethos behind the the whole Facebook page. Everything about it was about friendship. Yeah. You know, it was a small bunch of people, really, really positive. Everything about it couldn't, there was no, you know, 
no single animals being harmed, no negativity, no negativity, no nothing. All you know, all incredibly, incredibly positive. Yeah, absolutely. And that gives us a really, really good idea of of how it all started. So why don't we say in the next one that we do of these that what we'll actually try and do is we'll actually try and do that. We'll study that how on earth you coped with the enormous growth mm. all the way up to because at, at one point there was basically four hundred thousand people on there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was... <laughs> four hundred thousand people. I mean, that's a that was a huge amount, absolutely massive amount to be to be coping with. So, um, so yeah, why don't we do that in the in in the next podcast? We'll look forward to um, exploring how on earth you coped and what on earth you did when you got that far. How long have you had horses for? Ah, so, well, I've been riding since I was three. Um, That's quite a long time ago, without giving away my age. Um, From a non-horsey family. So, for my my experience of it was just um, riding school lessons every week. Um, I started hassling my parents for a horse around the age of seven I think and I hassled them and I hassled them and I hassled them until I was 13 and they kept saying no 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 and I said what about donkey and they were like still no (laughs) so um yeah so my first horse was my Christmas present in 1991 I think it was um when I was 13 and we had him he was supposed to be five. I think he actually was three, looking back on it, because he came from a dealer. Um, so he was a very young horse, but he was ever so gorgeous and lovely, lovely, lovely cob. And, uh, yeah, we had him all his life until he um, lay down in the field when he was 28, passed away. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, he was That's gorgeous. incredible. And what, what, what was he called? He was called Red. Um, which I later red yeah, which I later adapted to Red Cloud because I went through a bit of a Native American fascination phase, which I'm kind of still in really. Uh, and he happened to be spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Native American fascination I phase. I love it. No, I love all that. I got really into it when I was um, you know, as a teenager, I read all the books and stuff. Um, but he happened to be spotty as well. So the name Red Cloud really suited him, I thought. Oh. It used to really annoy oh, my teachers, cool. my riding teachers, that because that's where we kept him at the riding school. And I got, do you remember those Navajo saddlecloths they had in the yeah, 90s? Yeah, yeah. I got one of those. I kept taking his noseband off. I was riding around with no saddle. That is so cool. So, um, so basically, d- Dances with Wolves uh, would have been an absolute... It was totally Dances with Wolves. Top of Cleve Hill in Cheltenham, I was constantly galloping around there, galloping up little hillocks and posing, <laughs> pretending exactly pretending I was in Dances with Wolves. You know that bit where the, the kid galloping through the water? I'm like, let's do that bit on Dances That's with Wolves. Brilliant. Come on, Red. Oh, always doing that. That is yeah. absolutely superb. Bless well, mine, mine must was mine was slightly different. So. I learnt to ride on the same pony my dad learnt to ride on. Oh, that is so cute. She was 38 when she eventually died. I mean, it was just absolutely staggering. But so um, 
I uh, was born and brought up in South Wales on the Gower Peninsula. That's nice. So um, we've we've been we've been back down there a few times since then, and um, I, there is nowhere better in the world, in my humble opinion, to ride. It's beautiful, the Gower. I didn't know you were from there. It is unbelievable. Of all the places I've ever been, we so when this is a long, long time ago now, when the kids were little. Um, and we've been really, really lucky. We've we've always had horses and ponies as a as a family. So my dad, my dad was the rider. My mum was very, very definitely not. And and um, I, I, there was one thing that always sticks in my mind. There's a picture of mum. Uh, we we lived in a big um, estate in the middle of the Gower when we were kids. And there's a picture of my mum hoovering the pony. And it just reminds me of all those non-horsey mums yeah, out there, and all those, you know, the long cylindri <laughs> cylindrical hoovers, and she's there uh, hoovering this pony on the on the well, on the um, on the driveway. It's just these days. That's what the Germans do, isn't it's it? Just, the dressage it's just absolutely, it's absolutely staggering. They're, 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 but it's that that whole thing. So, um, but up until the age of thirteen, um, and my and my kids now, whenever we go back there, are always daddy, 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 do the hello. My name is Andrew, and I haven't got a television because <laughs> that's how we used to talk in it. <laughs> and it is literally that when I go back down to the down to the gallery, I can't help myself. I walk into Shepherd's and they go, "Hello, have you got any tissues in the back oh, there?" Oh, we need to take you for a laugh. Like, <laughs> so the boys are like absolutely that every single time we go back down. But honestly, there are. We've done, there was one particular road, we stay in a little, or we've stayed in a little cottage that bizarrely was where my pony, this pony beauty used to live when we were first down there. And um, you can do a ride from there down to the little um, village shop called Shepherds out onto Three Cliffs Bay. And then at low tide, you ride all the way along to Oxwich, which is um, one of the sort of big surfing beaches, back up onto Keffenbrin, have lunch at the King Arthur pub, and arrive back home at sort of four o'clock in the afternoon. That's how I remember my childhood. So I was so unbelievably lucky. I, li I didn't have any friends, particularly. <laughs> I didn't spend my money on still sweets. Still doesn't have any friends. I mean, it's really sad. Is that I still get teased by, but, but still I, I still don't have any friends, time. and I still don't spend my money on sweets. And and um, I would cycle off, cycle off with a with the the saddle on the back of the bike, and often a bag of oh, pony nuts as well. Cycle down to see the and then go for a ride all day. Mm. That's and it was just it's just absolutely magical. So I was yeah, incredibly nice incredibly lucky as a kid. Nice really, times. really was. It was just brilliant. And then you and then you kind of try and 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 it's it. That's the thing now in some ways. You know, with little J Dog, your your little boy, and when we had those times over doing the shows over um, or seeing you guys at the shows over over the summertime. And he was just having so much fun he being outdoors that. and messing around with everything. Do you remember that yeah, wonder that we did around at the he, um, he... at the at the Highland yeah. Show? Yeah, it's nice. He's not so interested in the horses, but I'm not going to push it because I don't want him to start hassling me for a pony because <laughs> I don't want to look after one. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. So, but how many have you got still? Uh, 
three and a half now. So, well, I should have probably sold them, but I didn't want to sell them. I couldn't part with them. So my two mares went on loan to have babies. And I kept hold of my racehorse, um, ex-racehorse. He's a bit older. He's, you know, he's got a home for life with me. So I, you know, live in a field with him before I got rid of him. Uh, so I had the two boys and I had my big Paddy as well for a while. And he was um, doing really well eventing. Um, he was almost catching up with Millie, who we, me and Millie almost, well, we did get to intermediate. We didn't do very well at intermediate. <laughs> but, um, but I was going through a breakup and a divorce and I probably shouldn't have been even competing at intermediate um, because I had too much else going on. Um, and Paddy was catching up with her. He was just doing his novices and he was doing really well. Um, but sadly, he died of colic um, in February. That was two years ago now, I think. So, yeah, so I kind of, um, I haven't competed since then, really, which is why there isn't more content of me failing. Oh, oh my God, if there had been cameras <laughs> when I was competing, I could have had a group completely consisting of just me and how rubbish I was. I was so rubbish. I was always at the bottom. I, I hate dressage. I've always been the bottom of dressage. Like, I do not want to spend money and spend diesel to be told I can't ride. <laughs> I don't want to do that to myself. <laughs> Uh... well you're 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 like you're like my attitude so you see my attitude to it was the fact that um the only the only one day events that i ever competed in were organized by my father oh he was massively into he was massively into organizing and, and running big one day events so the only ones that i ever did were ones that he organized so i also had a job which was brilliant because I went all hey. concours, which meant I didn't have to do the dressage test. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then, of course, mm. I realised that you could do tetrathlon. So tetrathlon meant that you could just literally run and shoot and swim and then go and gallop across country, which was the only bit that anybody ever wanted to do. Well, if you were a boy, that's what you all you ever wanted to do. So that was perfect. So I did I did actually do two one day events Ugh. and neither of them did I do a dressage well, testing. Lucky you is all I can say. I was always the bottom <laughs> of the dressage. Always. Always, always. Like first of all, Knocker, who didn't come off the track. He was a proper racehorse. He didn't come off the track until he was thirteen. And Knocker is a bit of a legend in his own lifetime. And he wasn't particularly fond of dressage. But then Millie was even worse. <laughs> and she was a sports horse, she had no excuse, but she was just very tech like the tent, you know, the minute you the minute you've got a tense horse in the dressage, you know what the judges are like, they're just like, No, 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 six, 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 four, four, three. What was that? Two. Not performed, zero. You know, and then they do the whole lovely horse, but a bit tense today. But we persevered and persevered and persevered. We were always at the bottom of the dressage. It was so depressing. I used to be really pleased if I came out with a 40. 
<laughs> and I once I even broke into the 30s with her. I think I got a 35 once. I was so chuffed. <laughs> but she could jump. She could seriously, seriously jump. She has beautiful techniques. She had. She's got. Um, do you remember a horse called Carol's Flight? Show jumper. So she's got that bloodline. Yes. And she's got. Uh, Cavalier Royale as well, so she's eventing straight show jumping. She's she's ace. She's absolutely ace. Um, so she made up for it with her jumping. But yeah, always just dreadful at dress <laughs> I just haven't got the patience for it. I really that is just like, I brilliant. Got the, you know, the attention to detail. I don't know. I did have a, one of my horses. I bought. I, I used to bring horses over from Ireland in the olden days and compete them and sell them on. Um, and I did have one that was actually good at it. And I actually won something on him. <laughs> Believe it or not. That is, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Totally speechless. You've done, you've done way, yeah, way better than me at winning anything. That's for certain. Anyway. actually quite enjoyable. Um, I never thought I'd say that. But yeah, he used to come out with prizes. He used to do, he even did BD, Andrew. And he, um, I know, I know. Good so he Lord was right. in heaven Foxy's above. good at it. Foxy light dressage as well. So it's not a complete lost cause on me. It's just, um, just not, just not my favourite thing. I, I've always, uh, I've always really, really admired the, the change in mindset that it must take to actually ride a dressage test and then to think, right, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go as fast as as possible across con- across country and put all the risk element into mm-hmm. and it's a you know they are two if you if you asked if you asked an eventer or a jockey to ride a dressage test generally you would think they'll do anything to get out of it if you ride a if you asked a dressage rider to go cross no. country they're no. never going to do that either do you know what i mean and yet they actually make <laughs> eventers do... You mean, do... do you mean from the horse? Or and the I, it, it's something that's always fascinated me. Mm. I, I mean, from both. I, well, I, in some ways, can you not imagine... I can imagine that a horse could actually be very... very a, a horse that has done dressage, you know, it's supposed, it is basically the, mm. the steps that they naturally do, isn't it, to show off as stallions or, what, or, you know, or whatever. So you can imagine that, that it's... <laughs> We've got one in particular um, who was, uh, we got him at Christmas um, three or four years ago. No, it must be four years ago, I guess. Um, and, Is that the buckskin? Uh, uh, that's the grey. The grey. Um, uh, and um, because we got him at Christmas, he's called Brian. <laughs> Brackets. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> Close brackets. <laughs> and he, and we, he has actually competed, and they've read that out oh, at two funny. competitions. And I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant because the boys were like, "Well, we got him at Christmas time. What else can we call him?" It was just That's like because so he, he came to us. He is actually called Frank or something like that. But um, he came to us from a lovely lady who said, um, "I haven't got his passport. I don't know what he's called." And his passport caught up with him about three three months later. And um, by that stage, he was Brian. Like so, and Brian name. constantly makes you laugh. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, laugh like a drain. But he is also the biggest 
pain in the backside you have ever met in your entire life. No. If you go into his stable, he thinks you're going to beat him up. Oh. So, no, I've just come to groom you, Brian. I'm not going to be nasty to you. I mean, we know where he came from, who brought it, you know, mm. where he was born as a foal, who produced him. He's never been mistreated in his whole life. Honestly, <laughs> if you met him, you would think that literally every day we laid into him. But the great thing, the great thing about Brian, and this is why I think this is one of those reasons that we love our horses so much so many times. The great thing about Brian is he's talented. Mm, so even annoying. when he's being really, yeah. really stupid, you can forgive him. <laughs> Yeah, the talented ones are quite annoying in that sense, he aren't they? He was <laughs> out the other day. We were, we were, because um, you know, you know that my my passion is going out and um, going hunting. And we were out the other day. It was opening meet, and we were coming backwards towards a five bar gate, uh. wooden five bar gate. He turned, and in half a stride. We flew the five bar gate, and I was oh I was laughing the entire time that we were doing oh this because I, I knew it. that no, no, nobody films it in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, everybody around us was it. like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" But he's just he's so, Clem. Clem's like, "Oh my lord, I stop it, stop it!" This horse is just such a pain. He really, really, he won't stand. He won't do this. However, he does have wings. So it's fine. You mm. can let him get away with it. It's sort of, you know, he can do But he knows. I swear blind. That's the other thing with them. They know, don't they? Oh, yeah. They absolutely know that they can get away with all this sort of stuff. And they just know that by being a little bit cheeky, they can just do whatever they like. Oh, well, Knocker. Oh, my goodness. The stories we've got about Knocker. <laughs> he ended a jockey's career once. Right. By doing what? <laughs> to race jockey. <laughs> Swore. Well, we, this is the thing, Andrew, we don't quite know. So I used to work at um, a well-known saddle makers. Are we allowed to? Yeah, I'll just say that. Um, looking after their horses at home. And I had Knocker with me on that yard. And when I left, obviously, they were interviewing people. Um, you know, I'd always handed my notice in, so I was still there, but, you know, leaving, whatever. And uh, this lad walked on the yard to be interviewed and all the rest of it. I got told about this the day after. And they'd showed him around. They'd shown him the dressage horses. These are the ones you'll be looking after, etc., etc. And he looked at Knocker and he went, what's that one? And he went, oh, that's that's Cress's horse. He'll be going when Cress leaves. He was like, well, what's it called? And they said, oh, Knocker or something. And they went, is that Knock Lord? And they were like, yeah, I think so. It's like, why? But I don't have to look after that one, do I? And they were like, what's going on? It turns out this guy, when Knocker had been in training, he'd taken him out for a hack. Nobody knows what happened because he went on his own. But he came back white as a sheet, leading him. And swear to God, he'd never get on a horse again. And he hasn't. So he was going for this job because it's a non-ridden position. But it was like oh years, my Lord. Before. <laughs> years before. Honestly, Knocker is hilarious. The amount of stories we've got for him. He's so That funny. is just mad. Oh, he's hilarious. He's hilarious, that one.
also there's a the the, the the person who we got Brian through is a lovely friend of ours called Polly Gundry, who um, was leading point-to-point jockey for years and years and years, and, and is a serious horsewoman. I mean, she's just unbelievable. So she rang me up and she said, um, Andrew, I've got this horse, Brian, is what we... Well, I've got this grey horse, because he didn't have a name of that, so he's got no name. We don't know what his name is. Um, I know that you guys are looking. Would you be interested? Um, I was like, yeah. And I went, assessment, and she went, he doesn't like cows. And that was that was her assessment of Brian. Okay, so so I was like, "Well, Paul's, um, hang on a minute. Well, he doesn't like cows. Yeah, I had to get off him when I met when I saw some cows. He, he was that scared of the cows when they were in a field. And I was thinking to myself, this is a woman who has ridden over a hundred winners on the point to point course. She is a total and utter legend. I've seen her careering towards." Hedges with the Barclay, doing her stirrups at the same time and all this stuff. She had to get off this horse. Oh, but he's lovely. And I was like, okay, right, well, let me come and ride him, you know. And we, t- and we took him out for the first time. And um, I'll never forget this day. It was absolutely hilarious. We, there was my, myself and Polly, I'm on what soon became Brian, and she is on her husband's massive 17-hand huntery type. He's a big, big horse. Anyway, we're up, we're up at the top of uh, sort of Seaton area, and we get to an old. There's an old uh, railway that goes through there, and there's a two foot rail, and this little girl who is she can't have been much more than ten years old is trying to jump her pony over the two foot rail, and there's me, Polly, and this little girl left at the very end of the thing, and. She can't get... We're trying to push her. We're trying to, you know, do everything we possibly can do to help this lovely little girl try and get her, her pony over the rail. Um, and in the end, Polly goes, right, it's either you or me, Andrew. Who's getting on the pony to get it over the rail? Oh I was like, <laughs> right, OK, well, I can't really see a nine-year-old on your 17-2, OK? So why don't we jock her up onto Brian and I'll get on the pony? This pony is 11-2. Oh, my God. I'm six foot two and a bit. You are very tall. So this lovely girl, this lovely girl goes off on Brian going, oh, isn't he lovely? I don't get Brian back for about 45 minutes. I'm on this (laughs) 11-2, charging around, thinking, oh, my God, the stirrups are like, they're like this long. Oh, my God. Polly was needless to say so wetting herself funny. as well by this stage because we got the pony over the rail and we can't drink away. And then I'm like, bring my horse back, get it back. This, <laughs> this girl's like, he's back. quite nice, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Little legs like that. Oh Lord in heaven above. So oh, yeah, so that funny. that definitely challenged my balance for a, for a while there. But uh, again, one of those things. Tell me a bit. I mean, I, 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 to be perfectly honest, Chris, I, you know, I've known you now what for two years. We, I think I've contacted you. It, feels like it does years. feel like a, a very, very long time. And I messaged you and said who I was and all this stuff. And then there was this sort of very yes that came back, and it was like a uh, right. But you know, from then on, as soon as we met, because we met as soon as it was legally allowed, but basically, wasn't it? I, I came up to to visit you, and um, it, we kind of. I would hope that um, it's been a bit of a blast since then. Oh, it's been great. And actually, I must say, I was thinking the other day as I was poo-picking, thank God for, you know, the help 
from the team now because if this was still just me on my own, I think I really think I would. I'd have just got that. I'm moving to Hawaii. Actually, not Hawaii. They've got sharks. Um, but yeah, so it's very much a team effort these days. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Cornwall's got sharks as well. Yeah, but not scary ones with big teeth. Oh, uh, okay. You sure? <laughs> Oh, they look they look pretty scary to me, the ones <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Don't start talking to me about sharks. I'll go surfing tomorrow. Don't put that idea in my head. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, look, Chris, you take care and um, we will see you very soon for the next one. Lovely. Awesome. See you soon. Alright, God bless. Bye. Cheers, Chris. Bye bye. bye.